0: Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, how in the world does that work? Well, we'll talk about it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry.
1: And I'm Janice. And this
0: is Bible Discovery TV. We are here, we're gonna talk about Hebrews 11 in about three minutes time. It's gonna be a really good one today, I'll tell you. But Ryan is here, and Corey is here Mm -hmm. with my special guest, Jim Cantillon, and Janice is here. Uh, And we're going to talk about this, Jim. We're going to talk with you a little bit later on about Jerusalem. It's going to be interesting.
2: Hebrews 11 is one of my favorite chapters to preach on.
0: It's excellent. Yeah, yeah, but I, I I will
2: resist the urge. <laughs> well, you can we'll, you know, no, we'll talk no, no, about No, I, I will listen with rapt attention to your exposition. <laughs> but boy, what a, what a chapter. Mm-hmm.
0: It really is. Very good. All right. So let's open up our Bible guides and let's see what God is speaking to our hearts today. And may his word affect our minds, not our ideas employ into his word. This is very important.
1: Hebrews 11:1 through10. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony— That he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hebrews 11, verses 1
0: through 10. Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter 13, that's what we study today. It's very, very interesting. You know, we have to understand what this is all about, because... We're talking about faith. Here's what it says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. The question is, what does that mean? I mean, the substance of things hoped for? I mean, really, the, the evidence of things not seen? I mean, how do you have evidence of things that you can't see? and have substance of what you hope for. Now, the mystery of faith viewed in the human eyes of man is fascinating. We live in a physical world, and we have been trained by our culture and our belief systems all around us to count on physical things. Even still, most of us realize that there is so much more to the physical world that we cannot see, touch, or hear. The writer of Hebrews continues. He says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Hebrews 11 verse 3. Now, the reality that scripture portrays is everything around us that we can see comes from that which is not physically seen. (laughs) It is absolutely stunning. And the writer of Hebrews proclaims this to the people, to the listeners, so that they understand that they're dealing with something very, very real. Now, I would ask you this question. Have you ever been in a place where you know something else is going on, but you can't see it or feel it or hear it, but you know there's something going on? I mean, there's times that we think and we think nobody else hears us. But God hears everything. He even hears how we think. So open up your Bibles to faith. I love this one. Faith is great. And uh, we talked about it yesterday, but we'll continue on today. Uh, if you don't have a Bible guide, again, why not? You know, you need to get a Bible guide. Call or write us. Make sure you get on online to Bible Discovery TV and, and go there and get the Bible guide because we're starting a new year in just a few weeks and it's got all new material. It's very, very interesting. I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, but anyway, this is important. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're gonna learn about faith. Now, there's a lot of people And I'm probably one of them who has to ask you all the time about faith because our faith is strong, but our physical substance is weak. We need your help. Help us to learn and help us to understand what it is that you've told us about faith so that we can hear you in Jesus name. Amen. This is the time when we need to focus on this because of the times that we're in. So let's read the first part of the scripture and we'll talk about it. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the world's were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And those three verses are very confusing for people, but listen, by faith we know that the things we see in the universe have been made from things we cannot see. The things we see in the universe have been made from, from things we cannot see. Faith is what guides us in the physical world. There are rewards and there are consequences. And what we believe and how we believe determines what those rewards or those consequences are. And so beloved, whatever you believe and whatever you think and however you think, this is so important because if I believe in Jesus Christ, giving my life to Jesus Christ, that makes me respond a certain way to the world around me because the Holy Spirit of God is in me. If I don't believe in Jesus Christ, I don't believe in God, that makes me respond a very different way. Very interesting, isn't it? Well, let's go on because this gets better. Here's the next part of the scripture. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous or right with God, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God, but without faith, it is impossible to please God for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him by faith. Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Righteousness, which is according to faith. You see, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going, which brings me to this point. All the great moves in our existence come because of faith in God. All the great moves in our existence come because of the faith in God. Faith is the key element which keeps us close to Jesus Christ. Faith is the key element which keeps us close to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? I want you to understand faith is the key element. All right. Now let's read, let's read more scripture, 9 to 10, because this is good. Here we go. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, Abraham did, in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which was, which has no foundations, whose builder and maker is God. God is the designer. God is the builder of Jerusalem and Israel. I want to say this clearly. God is the designer and builder of Jerusalem and Israel. Israel is God's land promised to Abraham and his descendants it's real simple that's why Genesis tells us he who blesses Israel God will bless him he who curses Israel God will curse him not because of anything Israel did but simply because of God Almighty that is his land and he gave it to the Jews he gave that's exactly what he did bottom line that's the name of that tune from the Bible Father, help us today, in Jesus' name. Hi, Rod Henry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. Now, that's right, on your phone, your iPhone, or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. Well, it's interesting, you know, Hebrews 11 is a fascinating passage to teach on. And and you just preached on it uh, in in well, Africa. In
2: Lusaka, Zambia, that's right. But I, I I will, I, that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, Jim, I wanted to uh, start this way. How did you get exposed to Africa? Yeah, well, a good question Um
2: Back in 1981, uh, through no fault of my own, uh, it's an amazing story. It takes me an hour to tell it, but the Israeli government invited me to plant a church in Jerusalem. I mean, when... Israeli you know, yeah, yeah, government. Yeah, when Israelis hear this, they say, what? I say, exactly. I said, yeah. I said, what? This is something you couldn't even pray about. I mean, you know, I mean, this just came out of the blue. And, uh, you know, I just built a brand new church in North Toronto. and I had 800 people attending and the place was booming. I had a young family. I had no reason to want to leave. But, you know, as uh, one of the movies says, this was an offer I couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah. and, I guess not.
2: And I, I, I just said, yes, right, <laughs> Im- immediately. And Kathy kicked me under the table. Uh, but
0: <laughs> That's your wife. I can imagine. Yeah, my, yeah. yeah. I said,
2: Jim. I said, Kath. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we we, moved there in, in November of 81 uh, with our three little kids. And we planted King of Kings Church, as it's now known. Um, KKCJ.org, if you want to log on to it, friends, KKCJ.org. It's an amazing church, Uh, biggest church in in Jerusalem, in Israel. We've got 12 congregations. We have a university now. we got a huge media ministry, a big social justice ministry, and a big war effort ministry right now because of the war. And I'll I'll get back to that in a moment. But I was preaching one day uh, in Jerusalem, in our church, and uh, this guy came with me afterwards from South Africa, I can tell right away by his accent. And you know, pastoring in Jerusalem is like pastoring a bus stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, people are coming through all of the time, all of the time, all of the time, from every part of the world, all of the time. Anyway, in his South African broke. he said, J- Jim, 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 <laughs> not Jim, Jim. We need to hear from you in South Africa. Can you come down and do a conference for us in the Psalms of God? And I said, well, sure. So I ended up going there several times over the next few years. When you lived in Jerusalem. Living in Jerusalem. And, and I would come down from Jerusalem. And uh, I didn't realize at the time, but with the African pastors, it gave me a real clout. They used to call me the bishop from Jerusalem, you know, <laughs> which I wasn't, which I'm not. Because you're from Canada, Like well, yeah. you're in Jerusalem, yeah, but you yeah, go there. Whatever. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, that, that's how I was exposed to Africa. And then through that connection later on, after my time in Israel, had finished and I was pastoring in uh, British Columbia in Vancouver. Uh, I was invited back to South Africa to do a major leadership conference. And in that context, uh, I was exposed to the fact that uh, one in three people in KwaZulu Natal, which is the southeastern province of South Africa, one in three people were HIV positive. In those days, there was no cure. They were all going all to die. They're all young adults, leaving a lot of orphans. And I realized that I had to do something about this. And so, um, I'm, I'm summarizing quickly here, but uh, the Lord made it very clear to me I should resign my church and uh, start all over again. You know? Which you did. Which I did. With no complaint from Kath, by the way. God bless <laughs> Kathy. You know, I, I, if it weren't for her, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this.
0: Well, she she is an amazing yeah. uh, woman. She is uh, a great, great lady. Yeah. And she was a broadcaster. Yeah,
2: yeah. In yeah, Israel. In Israel, yeah. She, she was the... Um, the face of uh, Middle East television news. She was the only English newscaster in Israel at the time. And, you know, this beautiful blonde North American, they, they called her Kathy Kennedy rather than Kathy Candelan for security reasons. Uh, she, she would get two or three letters, usually from soldiers every week and wanting to go on a date. And she, she had a, a form letter. Uh, Thank you so much for your kind invitation. I'll check with my husband and three years. <laughs> but yeah, she was a newscaster and she's also a producer. but. She is my number one strength, apart from Jesus. Uh, she has great administrative and management gifts. And uh, our ministry is very complicated uh, with WOW and also with JCTTV and also with the books I'm writing uh, and the speaking I do around the world. And and uh, she just puts it all together.
0: One of the things I want to focus on this just for a minute, just to really grab Uh, what's going on because there is a war happening and it's very challenging and it's very troubling to a lot of people. Um, What do you think?
2: I just, um, in anticipation of doing this here, I just communicated uh, with um, our pastor of King of Kings in Jerusalem for a kind of a bullet point summary of what's happening just from his perspective as a pastor of the number one church in Jerusalem. Uh, no, this is a couple of days ago, and I know that we need updates every day, but.
1: And this we're taping on November the 3rd.
2: Okay, so, of yeah, yeah, this is November the 3rd. So I'm okay. talking, uh, it was November 1st that he sent this to me. So I'm sure a lot has happened since then. At that point, over 2,500 terrorists entered Israel at the same time, by land, by sea, by air, uh, arriving with machine guns, began to shoot civilians, take hostages. Thus far, there have been close to 8,000 rockets fired at Israel from Gaza. By Hamas by uh, from Lebanon by Hezbollah uh, from Syria, by um, Syrian uh, um, military, and from Yemen by the Houthi rebels who declared war on israel yeah right. they declared war on Israel today as we 're taping it that 's right uh, and the the belief is that Iran is behind much of the weaponry, the strategy the training over fourteen hundred Israelis have been killed fifty four hundred Israelis have been injured, eight thousand Palestinians a few days ago now it 's up to nine have died. Over 20,000 have been injured, Gazans. 116 people from the West Bank have been killed. 2,000 people in the West Bank injured. 250,000 Israelis have lost their homes and have been displaced. 250,000 Israelis right now are living in hotels. Mm -hmm. It's really (laughs) impacting negatively the tourist business. Mm -hmm. Well, no tourists are coming anyway, Mm -hmm. but uh, the Israeli government who are paying for these hotel rooms are not paying what is, tourists pay, and the hotels are not happy. Over 1.4 million Gazans have been displaced, 240 hostages still being held. Uh, Just four or five hostages have been freed so far. Uh, Less than 200 humanitarian aid trucks have gone in. And King of Kings, our church there, has over 80 believing soldiers in the war right now. 80? 80, yeah. Um, Thought to be between 1,500 and 2,000 Jewish believers who are serving the army right now uh, in the war. Uh, That's just a very quick bullet point uh, overview. Uh, The question is why? Why did this happen? Um, We were all just absolutely horrified by what we saw October the 7th. The whole world was. Mm -hmm. And for two or three days, it it galvanized the world. I mean, there there were, uh, you know, cities and and countries and parliaments and governments all around the world putting up the Israeli flag and saying, "We're, we're standing with Israel. But I said to Kathy, This will last for a few days, but the horrific pictures coming out of Gaza are going to eclipse whatever's happened here in Israel. Mm -hmm. People are going to forget what happened in Israel, and all they're going to see is what's happening in Gaza. They're going to forget why the war has happened in the first place. Why has the war happened? Um, There was something going on geopolitically that was astonishing. It's called the Abramic Accord. Uh, An agreement, uh, an ongoing agreement between Israel and Saudi Arabia as the chief partner in the Arab world. But uh, the Emirates, uh, Bahrain, uh, Egypt were also engaged in this, where they were going to establish a relationship with Israel that would totally reshape the Middle East. Uh, Saudi was taking the lead in this. The whole point being, we're all afraid of Iran. Iran is a rogue state. It's being nuclearized. And uh, they're going to destroy us all. They want to destroy Israel first, but they're going to destroy the rest of us as well. And so even though Israel is a nuclear power, Saudi, Jordan, Egypt, the Emirates, Bahrain, they trust Israel because they know Israel have a sense of uh, uh, moral center, you know. Uh, Anyway, the Hamas... Terrorists recognized that if they didn't do something now, if these accords went through, they would totally lose their momentum. They would lose their cause. They would be eclipsed and marginalized by this powerful Saudi Arabian, uh, Israel uh, connection. Israel. Yep. Yeah, the Abramic Accords. Why Abramic? Because Arabs are also sons of Abraham. Yeah, yeah. I remind people about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You talk about anti-Semitism. Well, Arabs are Semites too. Mm -hmm. the the mistake people are making these days is that Arabs are Muslims Mm -hmm. Muhammad came along way late yeah and yes Islam has had a huge growth in the Arab world but not every Arab is a a Muslim Mm -hmm. and not every Muslim is an Arab Indonesia for example Uh, there's all kinds of Arabs out there in the world who are not Muslims Mm -hmm. and you have to keep that in mind nevertheless in order to Uh, undercut the Abrahamic Accord, they established their will to destroy Israel. Now, their mantra for years has been total annihilation of Israel. We want to establish a theocracy in Palestine. We don't want one Jew there. The only good Jew is a dead Jew. We must destroy them. We exist to destroy them. And you're seeing this slogan all over, especially on universities, Uh, from the river to the sea. Well, that's that's their slogan. What they mean is from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean, wipe them all out. Every Jew, drown them, kill them, rape them, do whatever you can behead them. But they are vermin. Hitler was right. Get rid of them. So what you have then is Israel responding to these horrible atrocities, the beheadings, the rapes. I mean, we saw the pictures. It's, it's, it's um, terrible. They're fighting for their life. And they're saying, this is the worst thing that's happened to us since the Holocaust. And some people might say, well, that's an overstatement. I don't think it is. I don't think so either. I don't think it is. So, and then on top of that, and this is very important as we're watching the, the terrible pictures out of Gaza. Hamas targeted civilians. Mm -hmm. Israel targets terrorists. Mm -hmm. And the terrorists are using their own people as shields, Mm -hmm. putting their center of operations under hospitals, for instance, so they won't get bombed. Um, Just a few days ago, one of the Hamas officials was asked about, what are you you doing about all these refugees that come from the north of Gaza down to the south? They're not our concern. That's the UN's business. Mm And it's not, it's not Hamas's concern. Hamas has an ideological hatred of Israel. Yep. Interestingly, Hamas in Arabic is an acrostic, meaning Islamic resistance movement. Mm. But there's a very interesting mm. thing in the scripture. Yes. Genesis 6.11. Yeah. Describing the day of Noah. And in Hebrew, it says, and I, I double-checked this to make sure I had it right. Ha'aretz tishachet li'fnei ha'erohim Hamas. Hmm. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and full of violence. 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 Hmm. Hamas means violence.
1: Yeah,
2: as in the days of Noah. As in the days of Noah. So you've got Iran pulling the strings. Hmm. You've got Hamas. You have Hezbollah in the north. And I know very much about Hezbollah in southern Lebanon because I used to go up every week from Jerusalem to broadcast the gospel from a radio station in a war zone there. I, I was there with, in Operation Peace for Galilee in June 6, 1982. I went up with the Israeli armaments, <laughs> these tanks and, 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 and artillery and per, armored personnel carrier, and, and there were four lanes going up, two-lane highway, all going north. Nobody could come south, and me and my little Volkswagen, and, and they let me do it. I drove up with them. <laughs> but you know, I've been in, I've been under shelling, I, Katyusha rockets, uh, mortars. And I know what they're facing there now. We can talk more about this next show. But the point is this. Hamas, Hezbollah, Syria, the Yemenite Houthi rebels are all puppets of Iran.
0: Very interesting. As we focus on this and keep uh, an eye on this, we'll talk more about this on the next program. So uh, just make sure you make time for us. It's going to be a very good time uh, tomorrow when we do that. But let's study on. Now, my daughter has a wonderful weekend podcast. It's the weekend edition. She covers all the scripture. Look up her name, Corey Babetchko, on YouTube. Corey Babetchko on YouTube. When you do that, you'll find her, uh, her podcast and you'll be able to watch it. She does a great job, her and her husband, Matt Lock. Let's pray today. Lord, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem and help that country to survive in Jesus' name. Hey Amen.